I'm working simultaneously. I'm recording a little podcast thingamahopper here, and I'm live streaming with Nate Wilson, who just got done talking about how the, the fine art of not sucking. <laughs> what in the world, dude? Who gave this? So here's what happens. Usually when speakers, um, I have a huge problem. Mostly I see it happen to a lot of black speakers with their black speakers. So they're going to talk on the race stuff. Right. And so right. Like, when they come to a conference, whatever it is, it's like, okay, we got the black guy to talk about the racial <laughs> stuff. Right. It's usually never the white guy. It's starting to change a little bit because of critical race theory, intersectionality. But I think the same thing happens with writers, too, and guys who are good right. at stories. It's like, yeah. let's um, let's have come talk about story. Yeah. Why don't you come? Call, we, 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 we do the same thing with you. I think that's a, a little bit less. Uh, painful than having somebody say, "Hey, do you want to come talk about your skin color?" <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> True, I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe, but I still feel like you get. But the same thing, get, you get yeah. stereotyped, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. you get locked into a particular category, and you never get a chance to talk about anything else. And when I heard that you could, were going to come here for the conference and be a part of the conference, all I could think was, "What does Nate really want to talk about?" <laughs> and so, who gave you the title? Was that Gabe or was that you? That was me. Okay, the fine art of not sucking, and it's because of as I was thinking through, I'm something I talked about in terms of who are you and who are they you know yeah. like that triangle of rhetoric like who are you where are you who are they where are they where yeah. ought they to be where you can what do you have that they might need yeah um you guys at least you know see, you seem to have a base of a lot of people who are highly engaged they want to be politically engaged yeah they're you know it's very easy in that environment to get caught up in thinking that's the fight right and caught up in thinking that that's like yelling at people on Facebook threads that, you know, I made fun of Gabe for that, but yeah. it's like the getting into comment thread fights accomplishes anything at all other than just a negative taste in people's mouths about you and enables them to continue to stereotype you. Yeah. So it'd be way, way better to, if you have somebody you're like, man, that guy's so off base, yeah. you know, he hates everything I stand for, you know, have him over for a cookout. You know, if you know who he is, get him over, yeah, get him over. And if you don't know him and he doesn't know you, then stop yelling at him. Like what's, what yeah. is the point of yelling on the Facebook at anybody? I want to come back around to that, but there's in the first part of your talk, you talk. Um, I, I guess I thought when I heard you say this, I thought, okay, what we're doing is I recategorize as canceling ourselves into retreat. Yep. By embracing the labels that the world puts on us. Yep. Talk about that a little bit. So I mean, I'm, I have a bunch of progressive friends, a bunch of liberal friends because of what I do. Okay. And you know, just the nature of my work. And it's been a decade and a half plus of working with people and being friends with people who, you know, would never choose my life for them. And yeah. I would never choose their life for me. They would never decide to move to Idaho and have five kids. And you right. know, like that's, and, and do what I do and be what I am. And that's like, that's been the case. Very rarely has it been overtly hostile where it just like, they're going to yell at me, but it does happen. Yeah. You know, with your friends, yeah, well, with people I've worked with. Okay, like, yeah. So never is that. Well, they'd yell at me. My friends would yell at me over <laughs> a beer or something. But it's, but it's very, very rare. But what I've seen Christians do is adopt the same cancel culture that exists out there in the world, where we are tainted by any affiliation or any association with something that disagrees with us mm -hmm. on something we care about. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have nothing to do with you at all. I will no longer wear your socks because, because I saw you. You know, say something I don't like. I will no longer, you know, fill in the blank. Doesn't yeah. matter. You don't like guns? I'm done with yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm done with you. Yeah. I'm done with you now. And so what you end up having is on both sides, left and right, this retreat into irrelevance. And you mm. have an, a, treat, a retreat into a holiness code. You know, it's this 
holiness code of like, well, that's tainted. I can't eat shellfish anymore. I can't mix my poly. I can't wear polyester. I can't mix my fibers. It's just this weird. How is it a relevance? Because I think we think when we're doing that, that we're actually winning because we just showed them right. they don't get our money anymore. No, so. if you were so, for example, if you were running a billion dollar film fund. And you said, hey, you know what? I don't think I'm going to film movies that I'm not going to fund movies that attack me yeah, anymore. Right. Okay. You just did something. Yeah, right. 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 Uh, but if you say, hey, that studio, that enormous like conglomerate of Viacom, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. somebody in that Death Star made a thing that I don't like. Right. And so I'm going to cut myself off from all engagement with that mm. uh, in its entirety. Like that. That slippery slope takes you into living on the farm without electricity. I mean, yeah. it just, it does because GE is not your friend. And, right. you know, and it's like, well, are you going to use the roads? Right. Are you going to go do some kind of holiness check on the asphalt company? Yeah. Are you like, right. how, how far out are you willing to go? Are you going to throw your iPhone in the blender? Like, right. Because right. Apple doesn't agree with you. Okay. You know, it's like, it just... Right, you haven't thought about this all the way through right. yet. Right, if that's what makes you righteous, then you have to do it all the way. How does that make us cannon fodder, though? Because you're talking about cannon fodder a little bit, too. And so, yeah. Because yeah. I think we think, well, that's the fighting fodder. the battle. Can't, what I, th- I think the cannon fodder side, I would say, is yelling, like, just yelling. Mm. Like, and if you, if, you think, if you think that yelling at people on Facebook or yelling at people on social media or just yelling at all, being indignant, being upset, being shrill. If you think that, that is cultural engagement, yeah. you're just running at the Brits and you're going to get bayoneted. Yeah. You're, just that, you're just the guy painting himself blue, running into destruction. That's the cannon fodder yeah. piece. Worse than that, your kids watch it and they see that ugliness and they see that tone and they say, that's the gospel. That's Christianity. Mm. So not only are you cannon fodder, your kids are cannon fodder. Mm. If they see you loving people disagreeing with them not backing down but yeah. always from a place of affection not from a place of outrage if we get the outrage thing going we're done mm. like mm. let them be outraged like let's not be outraged yeah don't do that don't run that play because sim- simultaneously it's not real engagement it's not effective tactics but it's also means you're going to be a casualty if right you, if you keep running, you're setting yourself up for yeah. absolute failure yeah and so if you say now i'm going to back out i'm going to back out i'm going to retreat i'm going to retreat i'm going to cancel 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 best case you become amish it, it's you know and you, you <laughs> hasn't worked out so well you're completely yeah. irrelevant and you like move to belize yeah. and farm just get out of here yeah you know it's like get all the way out and don't call it a win you didn't win so then um one of the things I'm seeing right now, people who are fighting against the movement, the so- cultural movement, the social justice, the critical race, all those things like that, they, they seem to observe that there's a problem there, but they're doing kind of the same thing you're talking about. They are, in one sense, another form, another form of cancel culture. Yep. So almost fighting the weapon, fighting with the weapons of our enemy yeah. doesn't work so well. So then what is, what's the culture engagement thing? Because we seem to think that's the culture engagement. So then what is cultural engagement? So you have to, you have to know... You have to you read Sun Tzu. I mean, like you read military strategy, you read these things, and you think, how can I have a disproportionate impact? Given that I'm outnumbered, given that I'm in the minority, yeah, I am now an insurgent in my culture. Mm. You know, like this is an insurgency, uh, and mm. so is this a, a situation where we have our own separate world, and they have their separate world, where we have totally dis- distinct economies? No, we don't. We're commingled. We're all one people. Right. Yeah. So 
given that, like, what do I do? Do I do I just step back and step into this other world that's completely discreet? It doesn't exist. That world does not exist. Mm-hmm. So there is no place to step back to, to yeah. which means that it's a retreat. Mm-hmm. It is just, and there, it can be a tactical retreat, like when you start a school. Right. You say, hey, we're retreating out of the school system. I'm going to build a school. I'm retreating out of this entertainment industry. I'm going to build my own publishing house or whatever else. That's mm-hmm. all great. You know what, what CrossPolitik is doing. You guys are building your platform. Like, great, awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be cancel-proof. But mm-hmm. you canceled me. I'm going to cancel you back. Right. You lose that game yeah. because they lose a tiny fraction of, yeah. of business. Yeah. They don't lose any market cap on Wall Street. Yeah. And yet, if they cancel us... That's like, a bigger impact. Totally yeah. <laughs> so if if Apple just said, "Hey, I'm just gonna go, we're not gonna let you guys use your, our phones anymore," yeah, that would be within their right. Sure, they could sure. say, "No more Apple for you." And Google yeah. said, "Yeah, honestly, we've seen the content of your email, so you're not gonna be allowed to use Gmail anymore, and right. you're not gonna even be allowed to use our search engine." Yeah, that's the that is the end of the line for cancellation. Yeah, uh, so accelerating that. Is just stupid. It's not a great strategy. Yeah, voluntarily accelerating that is dumb. Yeah. So then, but what then? What is cultural engagement for? Yeah, 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 yeah. So cultural engagement, real cultural engagement, is starting infrastructure. It is feeding people. It is telling better stories. It is engaging Mm. with people, not canceling, not retreating. Mm -hmm. It's having the best steakhouse in town. It's. I mean, that's, that's cultural engagement. So then that goes back to, because when you were talking, all I could think Being of... Being the best mortgage lender. Right. Like, I am the best mortgage lender. That's cultural. That's more cultural engagement than cancellation is. And it's more impactful. You have a game plan that actually leads to success at yeah. that point, too. Yeah. So then when you think about, um, do you think that since Christians have lost the art of beauty, like we, we think now as Christians that our logical rhetoric... And with atheists, even yeah. um, we think if we have a great argument, if we can have something that makes sense consistently, that we have won that battle, right. and they're just stupid people who don't get it, right. and we've completely disconnected uh, beauty from any one of our arguments. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. And you even you even talked about this logos, ethos, and pathos. Would you walk through that for everybody? Because yeah. they weren't they hadn't gone yet to flfnetwork.com <laughs> forward slash live rally, and they didn't haven't heard your talk. So kind of walk everybody through yeah, logos, ethos, so and pathos. Basically. We're all, we're all characters and stories. We're not computers. We don't arrive at logical conclusions and then take logical positions. Mm. We arrive where we arrive because God sent a great fish to eat us and spit us on the beach. Mm. You know, it's like mm. we're, in, we're in stories. He makes, us, he makes us feel certain ways. He compels us certain directions. We arrive in certain places. And then we construct logical defense mechanisms. So uh. those can be valid. Or yeah. invalid. You yeah. can find out that, hey, where I've arrived is coherent or incoherent. You know, it's like, it's incoherent, so you should move on. But you're going to move on as a character, and you're going to go discover something else or try something else. Yeah. My father-in-law converted because he ended up watching a charismatic guy preach, and he was a hippie out in the, out in the woods of California in the 60s, and, or maybe early 70s. And this guy yelled, you've tried drugs, you've tried free love, why don't you try Jesus? Yeah. And he was so stunned that the guy knew he'd tried drugs free love, <laughs> that he converted. Yeah, like, and actually, and it was we, a, we yeah. would actually poo-poo on that. Don't ever say that. How could you compare yeah. Jesus to drugs? Like, we would poo-poo on somebody yeah, preaching exactly. like that. And yet, he converted. Yeah. Now, the, it, and it doesn't matter whether that was a wildly inferior presentation. Right. It, it bore fruit. So he adopted a position. He moved mm. in, into a life-changing position 
without logic. Mm. And then he tested it. And he found and out it was, was true. And found it was coherent and, and valid. Yeah. And that's what we try to do is give people a syllogism and expect it to move them. The problem is their father was horrible to them. The problem mm. was they grew, they grew up in a house where their mom was awful or their uncle abused them yeah. or they yeah. were in a church as a kid where the pastor was a total hypocrite. And that's why they adopt their positions. So the question is, as you live your life, if you live a truly beautiful life, A, you want everybody closest to you to know that every slander is false. They're going to accuse you of stereotypes. Yeah, gonna, yeah, they, yeah. Anybody near you knows it's false. Yeah. And you want your kids to have seen uh, emotionally, and in terms of authority, ethos, and pathos, to have seen this beautiful position lived out. Mm. And they will be in that position. And then the logic is defense. So ethos, mm. pathos, and logos. Ethos is authority or credibility. Pathos is emotion, mm-hmm. like affections. Mm-hmm. And then logos is logic. And the reformed especially think that they should sally forth with logic. Mm. When what they should sally forth with is ethos and pathos. Is it because they don't think that they have the, the you know, with logic they feel like we have the authority here with word. We have, the, yep. But they don't think that the word extrapolates out to the rest of the world. So they're very contained in, yep. you know, concrete, tangible. I have a syllogism. They're, they're, they're imperialistic and don't even know yep. it. Yep. Right, right? Is no, that they're, fair to they're say? That often they're in the temple of reason. They're not in God's temple. They're in the temple of reason. Interesting. They're like they're in front of the wrong altar to the wrong God. Wow. And they brought their Bible in. And they're trying to make people submit to reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've, see, I've shown, I've shown that reason has put now a blessing on Now submit to this. it. Repent yeah. to reason. Yeah. Uh, As opposed really good. to, like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. Have faith, repent, and believe. Mm. And that coming from a person who is no hypocrite, that person who has lived that life, and that person who has a beautiful life, the person who has been faithful to their wife, that person whose kids are all happy. Like, yeah. that person who speaks, speaks with ethos. Um, there was, I don't know if you remember this, that's when I first got to Moscow, I was all amped up on apologetics, we were talking one day, and uh, you said, I was talking to somebody who, I was thinking of working through all the theological issues of a transgendered person, I don't know if you remember this, and, and you said to me, um, why don't you try going up to somebody and asking them, instead of working through all these problems, who hurt you? <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And, and I was like, all of a sudden for me, I did that exact thing everything else clicked what, what was going on and I'll never forget I was going through uh, I tried it that, that actually that weekend I was on a shoot with Darren and I was going through a coffee shop and a guy was dressed with his fingernail polish on and hair and everything and I asked it was weird because I was ner- yeah. I was more nervous <laughs> that was funny I was more nervous asking him who hurt you than like you know a, giving a gospel presentation I was right. way more nervous with that and he looked at me and started crying and I'm in a drive through and I'm like what do I do? I, I, all of a sudden, all my training apologetically <laughs> didn't get me ready for like what happens when when you care about somebody, uh huh. When, uh-huh, when uh-huh. you care about somebody and they actually need and it, and they actually need it, right? Yep. And, and I do. And I, as a person who wants to evangelize, I care about, but I didn't know apologetics didn't didn't get, prepare me for a person no. actually being able to break down like that. And so I actually took ten minutes and be like, listen, God's going to deal with that guy. Like, you know, it was actually one 10 minutes. It was probably more yeah. like three, but it felt like 10. Yeah. But don't forget, God's going to deal with you too. Give me the, yeah. yeah. And, and so being righteous before God, his judge. And it was really great because he's like, thank you. I really need to hear that. I've been struggling with this. And, and I remember I gave him a card of a local church that we were there working with. And that was, but it was, a, I never would have been able to do that and lay out so much work without asking the simple right. question. And also your sensitivity to it. Yeah. Also proves that you're talking about touching somebody's eyeball. So mm. most of our apologetics is 
a lack of caring about people. We don't actually care. We're going to come out here and we're going to fight on a basketball court. Like mm -hmm. we have this contained area where we've agreed to fight, but where we don't actually reach somebody. Yeah. And so when you say like, I'm going to walk up to this person, I'm going to actually, actually reach them. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's scary. It's scary to actually reach them. And it's much easier to say, you know, I have a logical position about that. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. And if there's enough distance, see, I've not risked anything. I've not risked any of my own ethos or pathos. None of that's on the table. I just have a logical position. Yeah. And those two logical positions can fight without it ever touching me or touching you. And so we're both kind of safe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. If you, but if you just say that, if you go... You know, you ask somebody like, "Man, do you, you know, are you okay? Yeah. Like, do you need, do you need yeah. to talk to somebody? Like, that's, that's now there's a ton at risk. Now there's a ton on the table. There's yeah. a ton that you, the chips. It requires a in. lot of me uh -huh. too. At that, yeah. Yep. Okay, so you said some. I'll let you go real quick here in a second. But I, so I want to get to two things you did here because you talked about dads. But you said something I thought as someone who's grown up in the church, you have no problem being irreverent to those people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you have no problem being irreverent to those people. You said something. I think it was a. God is always playing jokes. I'm like, ooh, don't talk about God playing jokes, Nate. God don't play jokes. And then you said uh, cheat codes. God, is, God puts cheat codes in creation. Yeah. Could you walk through God plays jokes and puts cheat codes inside yeah. of creation? Well, you can't look at a crow and a squirrel fighting and not think that God plays jokes. You can't look <laughs> at a stink bug or a ladybug mm. that's taking itself super seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, this mm -hmm. ladybug just is so awkward walking around a maple tree eating aphids like snacks mm. you know just like popping aphids and ants are getting upset running over to fight the ladybug off because they keep these aphids and they milk them you know okay. and you're like really god like you're doing this in my front yard like i've got more serious things i want to talk to you about and you're taking mm. time telling aphid stories like mm. you know like he's so flippant he's so flippant with his own time and even at the gospel story, if anybody else had made up the Christmas story, it would be blasphemy. Mm. The infinite word becomes flesh. The infinite word goes into a, a woman's womb and comes out and needs to have his, his butt cleaned. Like, mm. we're it's gonna irreverent. Change. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's so blasphemous. It's so irreverent. Mm -hmm. and, and God says, I'm going to send my son to be made flesh, to be in the womb, to be born and placed in a food trough. Like, and I'm going to have him. It's so blasphemous. And it's like blasphemy on blasphemy. And it's a flippancy about himself. It's a humility, mm. uh, like this ultimate humility. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But if any of us had made it up, yeah, it would be. It would yeah, be. Yeah, it yeah. would be disrespectful. Yeah. Um, but the same thing. I can be really heavy. You know, I just had a, a brain scan to see if my brain tumor has grown, and I could walk out my front door, and I, I got good news about it. But I could have gotten bad news. Yeah. And if I'd gotten bad news and found out that my brain tumor was growing, and I sat on my front porch and was sad. God still would have been telling ladybug stories. <laughs> he wouldn't have just right. been like, hey, ladybug. Your mess. He, right. wouldn't, he wouldn't just be like, knock it off. Right. Nate had bad news. Ladybug's like, stop for a second. Like, yeah. nope. Nope. Still Absolutely going. not. Still going. Ladybug and Nate, still going. And what? you're going to look down, there's going to be an ant on your shoe. And that ant has a 6,000 year genealogy that God has actually written every single generation for this ant all the way back to the garden. And like that level of care and humor that's built in is everywhere. You know, I think that adds to fighting with joy, engaging with joy, yeah. right? That if you don't observe those things about God, then how are you going to be able to run when it's through? Right. You know, like that's, yeah. um, and that's why I think a lot of our battle and our fight, even in our current situation, there's, is really kind of bitter. 
Yeah, right? it is. It is. Yeah. You know, it's bitter. It's bitter sounding. It's, it's joyless. It's joyless because yeah. God's still playing with ladybugs. <laughs> and the sad, and the you know? sad part is that it's joyless on both sides right now. Uh huh. Both uh-huh. sides are joyless. There's yeah. not one side that's joyful and one yeah. side that's not. And it should be the people who know the Father and who are fully engaged with His creation are joyful. Yeah. But they're not because their hope ultimately has once again been proven to not be in Him. Mm. Um, which is mm. just which is just sad. Wow. Talk, so, talk, but that, the cheat code thing you yeah, also yeah, asked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm Like everything from like an airplane wing, the fact that if you curve a wing so that air goes faster over one side than the other, it can lift a school bus off the ground and you can fly. You know, it's like okay. So if we run fast enough and we just trick the air with a curved, you know, one curved surface, mm. we launch like mm. and just float. That's crazy, and that's been there the whole time. That cheat code has been there from Adam right? waiting for the Wright brothers. Right. Like it's been there and then it got found. Yeah. The same thing with ice cream, chocolate, like all these things where it took, you know, irreducibly complex discoveries where you had to discover the vanilla bean, you had to discover sugar cane, you had to discover cream and cow and everything else. And then you finally put it all together and we discover ice cream. And it's like, this has been here the whole time. Yeah. It's just been here. Yeah. And you have real easy ones it's like the first ones. It's like at the beginning of a video game yeah. where it's like, I got to survive. Like, I, I have to just survive. I'm brand new here on Earth, and I got to survive. And here are these birds walking around dropping balls of protein out of their backsides <laughs> wrapped in shells with no, refri- no refrigeration. Right. Just like, it's just like, bloop, there it is. It's like, these are like the easiest coins of all at the beginning of the video game. We're just yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I can stay alive because of these birds just dropping way too many of these things than they ever need. That's cool. And I can eat them. And I can squeeze the thing underneath that animal and get the milk. I can do. There's this real basic stuff. And then it starts going up and up and up and up. And we start discovering things like computer chips and electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been there always. That's it's always been. We can't, you know, we can't store electricity. Mm. We don't know how to do it. And like the question is whether that's impossible, which some people say, or if, it, if there is a way to actually store electricity, uh, that will change everything. Again, there will be yeah. a whole other revolution because batteries right now just store potential energy. They don't store electricity. Interesting. So you lose a ton in every transfer. You use electricity to charge the battery yeah. to separate. We saw that happen in Texas, right? Yeah, exactly. Texas yeah. is the same problem. So you have... Now, the only place we see electricity stored is in nature, mm. in like giant clouds on a huge scale. And it's like, it's up there. Yeah. And we can't, cheat code and, somewhere. Yeah, and we can't do be. it. If anybody figures out how to do this, it's a game changer. Let me give you this question. So I, um, this is my last question. I'll let yeah. you run after this. So I was... Um, Don't in, split an atom, by the way. That's the other <laughs> yeah, thing you found out. Yeah, like, that's not a good thing. How many <laughs> atoms are in this room? Oh, my goodness. And you think about how much power is in each one, that if any of them were split... What happens? Yeah, you know, it's like it just massive explosion. Yeah, but it's in one room in South Dakota, and there's this much force mm. bound up in all of it. But go ahead with your last. No, no. So the way you're talking about this, about it's been here the whole time, and the cheat codes in the world. I was in um, Florida, and I went to President Sugar, the guy who's over pres- over Sugar, the president of Sugar in yeah. America. Went to his house, and he has museums in his backyard. Um, yeah. And one of his museums in his backyard is a. Uh, tour of all the guns that ever been used in America. Uh, war guns. Yeah. I mean, he just has a whole tour. And on one side, he has flint guns that shoot one round. takes three minutes to reload. Yep. And then he has these other guns that basically just cartridges all there. Um, it was a Winchester that yeah. was like, turn the change the game, yep. right? 
And then if you stand in one part of his place and you look, you can see hundreds of years of time yep. from this to there. And, and it hit me that nothing in the world changed in that time. Right. From when they had the flint guns, they actually could have had these semi-auto firing weapons, yeah. but they weren't there. They didn't yep. have the ability to get that, right? They, yep. they didn't have... How do, we, how do we make that jump, that jump that chasm sooner? Because we have the history. We understand the problem in a lot of ways. Um, but we don't. it still takes us a long time to be able to get from flint gun shooting one bullet yep. every three minutes to get into a semi-auto with nothing changing. All metal, finding new materials in some cases, figuring out how to put just the bullet yep. with gunpowder and a primer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Change the game into a cartridge now. Yep. And, and to, then he had fully automatic weapons. And you look at that and you're like, Lord, why weren't we able to make the jump from here to here way sooner? How do we yeah. do that? And, well, that's, and that's not just relating to guns. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's yeah. just culture. So culturally, and Christians especially, it's about pain points. It's about problems that you're solving. And so the, the fact is we didn't need to. Mm. You know, like we just didn't need it. Mm. So, and as we needed to, we developed yep. in that process. Yep. That's true because every gun that got better was because some the war was intense. Yep. And so we were yep. losing men for this reason or that reason. Yep. Rifling is invented mm-hmm. to solve a problem. Everything's a problem solution, pain point solution. And so that is the case. Like, why didn't Christians start better private schools sooner? It's like, well, because they didn't need to. It wasn't. They weren't as bad. The alternatives weren't as bad. They've mm-hmm. gotten really horrible. And yet... A lot of people still aren't. Um, but why are more people, like, there's a lot of different variations. So this classical model, this homeschooling model, this other thing, they have to bear fruit over time such that people say, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like, ooh, no, we're not doing that. We're not, mm-hmm. like, and we mm-hmm. might not be doing that inner city public school, but we are not homeschooling either. Because yeah. my cousin, like, there's, there's fruit, and it has to be witnessed. And so mm. it just it's one of those things that we learn generationally very, very slowly. Because of the problems that we need to face. Yeah, and that, so we have to we, solve, we, we face problems. But it is it, our food supply, our supply chain is insane. We've, we've improved, 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 improved. And so we have better food, more food, various food, more sophistication and taste. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that in a grocery store in America, if you tried to buy Parmesan cheese, it would be a powder in a can. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be that like little mm-hmm. green can. Yep. And now there's all these cheeses and recipes, and it's a global palette and a global supply chain, which can crash. Yeah. Like that can yeah. crash and yeah. burn. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's been pain point after pain point after pain point. And then one company getting a slight advantage by, you know, increasing the quality of this and another company getting a countermeasure measure. And so competition and pain points have been really the issue. And so as you look at what we're at right now and the pain points that we're out at right now in the culture, what do yeah. you think is going to come out of it? So the pain point right now is cancellation. Yeah. And, like, and that is actually going to be, it's going to be weird. So I think actually you think about Jim Crow laws mm, yeah. and segregation. What that did is it created a whole bunch of industry. Yeah. And as some yeah. Bill Cosby, before he was shamed, pointed yeah. out that when, when towns in the South desegregated, it was the annihilation of a bunch of black businesses. Yeah. So yeah. because nobody said, oh, great, desegregation. We're all going to go to the black business now. <laughs> Everybody went to the white business. <laughs> right. We, right. We haven't been able to go here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was just this destruction of a black mm. economy. But that black economy was created artificially by tyranny and oppression. 
So the thing is Black gonna, Wall Street, yep, yeah, Tulsa. And the, yeah, and so the same thing's going to happen, I think. Where uh-huh, I see that where we get because of cancellation, we could build up a bunch of alternate economy stuff. Uh-huh. The question is, when that Berlin Wall comes back down, is it sustainable? Does anything survive? So it has to be beyond cancel proof. Yep. That's what we need to be. Yeah, it has to. It has to. It has to be beyond cancel proof. It has to be competing with the best there is. Yeah, it has to be the best. Like wow. we, we need to be invested in. That's right. The best, not just an alternative. Yep. Right. Not, not just hey, this is different from that. Yeah. Because. They, they canceled us, so we're doing this now. Please, can we have your loyalty? Yeah. And we're going to charge you more money for a worse product. But hey. And actually, you know. that's what happened with in, even in the black culture. Um, when that all opened up, the ones that actually had the best products were the only ones that stayed around for years. Yep, yep. and they did. Because they were the best, period. Yep. And actually, white people yep. were saying, well, we'll we, we've always been buying from them. Yep, exactly. <laughs> because it was a good and product. So the, but it was a horrible, yeah. it was a horrible du- double-edged sword there where... They, the oppression created it, uh-huh. right? So they're under that oppression. And then the removal of the oppression Killed the destroyed team. them. Yeah. So it was like, we're going to hurt you with this, and then we're going to hurt you when we take it away. Wow. And the same thing will happen, where it's like, we're going to hurt you with this cancellation, and then we're going to hurt you when we uncancel you. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's going to mm-hmm. be, um, that'll be interesting. Mm. And I think that's what's coming. The, the question is, if we build alternative platforms, alternative infrastructure they have to be able to survive on their own right Beyond. as the best not just because it's canceled correct right no it's good yeah. okay nate wh- where can people go to check out your stuff um death by living i can't recommend it enough yeah death um, by living ashtown um, burials boy people can't get in on the la- the fourth book can they uh, no they can't but it's i'm working on it and it will get published guys i don't do i don't do fiction but Ashtown Burials is my favorite. It's it's it's. I, I named my son after one of the characters in the book, Rupert Greaves, and so that I love that. So anything else? That yeah, I think I was. Uh, I'm rolling out a nonfiction uh, subscription soon. Okay. So I'll come back around and talk to you about that. It's okay. Not, it's not quite ready yet. Okay. But yeah, I'm honestly. Twitter is probably the best way. Andy Wilson mutters. Okay. If I if I'm doing something, you'll see it there. Okay. Uh, we should. We want to keep up with you, man. All all books signed. If you buy them from Canon Press, dude. I thank you. I'm. I was so excited you were able to come oh, to I, the conference. Yeah, I'm glad to be it, here. It's um. You know, guys who've been engaged in the culture battle before it was cool yeah. are the only ones who I really want to talk to. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. The guys who are popping up now are seeing what they don't like. I was saying this the other day. If critical race theory wasn't pushing in on churches, nobody would ever be talking about it. Because the issues that have been going on have been going on for a long time, yeah. but they haven't been at the front door, so nobody really cares. Yeah. And yep. now all of a sudden, all these things on the subject are popping up. I'm like, where y'all been at? Yeah, This has been going on for a long time. And, and there's guys, and so I look at you and your dad, which is what Canon Press has been doing. This has been an engagement way before. Yep. Been long, engaging long time. Long time ago. And, and you guys have been building the culture, yep. building content that goes beyond being cancel-proof. Right. And which, and that's, that's, so that's the guys I want to talk to. And that's exa- like, so Logos School is a perfect example. Yeah. Where yeah. you think a lot of people right now are waking up being like, man, what should we do for education? Yep. It's like, well, in 1981... <laughs> That's when I was born. In 1981, my dad said, hey, we got to do this now. Yeah. And it's not just an alternative. It's yeah. the best school, one of the best schools it's, in the country. It's, it's, yeah, it's proven you know, that. Yeah, so it's highest, last I saw, the highest percentage of national merit scholars per capita in the country wow. out of that school. So, like, it doesn't matter if the public schools became better, it still thrives. Yeah. Because it is a top school doing top work. 
it's, so it's alternative infrastructure. Canon's got to be the same way. Yeah. We want to publish good stuff. Yeah. Um, not just stuff that's different. Yeah. Um, and this is why we want to, I, I love the fact that we're there and be able to rub arms with you guys because we get firsthand kind of like big brother, like, come on, man. Like, like you hit, hit Gabe up about the fight. No, like, <laughs> yes. I love those. Like, people, oh, yeah. people are no, like, Gabe, oh, watch the. I can only heckle Gabe because Gabe takes it so well. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what do you say? I don't heckle me? you. No, I don't heckle you. <laughs> you know, I can't take it back. That's probably true. I'm like, what, what did I do? Yeah, anyway, no, man. actually, I don't, I don't, I couldn't heckle you. I don't know that you've done that. I know Gabe I, has done I that. I don't do that for that very reason. I, yeah. I know I can't engage in a way, but the what Facebook I Facebook comment warrior. I send them messages offline. I say, hey, call me. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk. Yeah. And that's what I do. And that's how I have those conversations. Much and I better. find way yeah. better impact from that. And that's how I win. So. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, you being I'm gonna here. I'm going to go to the airport right now. Are you out? I got to get to my cousin's wedding. Dude. So. Thanks for being here. Oh, let, I'm glad to be here. Let me get that mic off you, too. You look good, by the way. Got the bolo. I had to wear the bolo for that's, South that's Dakota. That's legit. That's <laughs> legit, man. Thanks, Nate. Get See home ya. safe, man.